Hey everybody, and welcome to Nerd to the Third, Episode 3. Today we bring you the power of three with your host Nick, Nate, and the ever-rotating third chair, the fatal otaku. Nate, what how a- you doing? I am very tired. Yes, very tired. This uh, this past week, going into my wife and I moving has and E three. I didn't realize how much stress it was going to be. And right. My God, am I a little overwhelmed? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, fatal otaku. Uh, let everybody know who you are, what you do, yada yada. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. My name's uh, Adam. Uh, I go online by the Fatal Otaku. I'm a Twitch streamer and an anime fan and a general gaming fan, and uh, kind of just here to hang out and uh, talk some E3 with you guys. So thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited. Um, so first up, let's get the grinding out of the way. We have uh, our Twitter at TX3 Productions. We're very close to like 50 people, so if we get there. We'll do a little giveaway. Um, and then a little housekeeping from last episode. Uh, we forgot to bring up nerd points like we did before. Uh, and that was because like we got recording. I, th- or I, I don't think we were recording yet, but N- Nate and I talked about nerd points. And then we just never t- actually brought it up while recording. So... Nerd points are a thing, and um, basically you get positive for getting like a, a, a lesser-known fact, or maybe you say a really funny joke or something, you get a positive nerd point. Or if somebody calls you out for having the wrong information, you get a, a point for that, or negative if you get wrong. Um, and nerd points for last time we were going to base them on our E3 predictions. So let's tally up the points for me and Nate. And um, I'm going to say neither one of us did very well. I don't Um, think I got any points. I don't think I did either. Um, Mine were a remake and I wanted it to be either CTR metals or metal. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid or I wanted to see Blackout from Call of Duty because I was like, they have to show something because <laughs> because they had to. And instead, they're like, hey, here's some remasters of a thing, and you get Black Ops 3 for free for PlayStation Plus. It's like, okay, so no points there. What were your predictions again? Remind me. Um, I don't remember what the third one was. <laughs> I do remember that uh, the first two were that Splinter Cell was going to be showed at the conference. <laughs> I was wrong there because it didn't get shown at all. Yep. Um, and then my, oh no, I remember it was a Halo one. I remember, I may get half a point there because I had said that um, they are going to show something Halo related, but yeah. it might not be Halo Six or or something along the lines of um, we won't get any kind of release for right. the new for the new one which is technically true because that yeah. one could be weighted and then the last one was crackdown 3 um is available now or available in the coming week and that's obviously not true because that's coming next yeah year. so I, I yeah you at least got one point um and then um and then pete 
he had three predictions, which I'm going to insert now. Okay, so after watching the Nintendo Direct and tabulating the scores, here's what we have. So Pete's predictions was Smash on the Switch is a new game possibly built on the bones of Smash 4. Um, you know, I'm going to technically give this... And, you know, I'm going to give this a full point because it is Smash and is a new Smash. And he even put put in the part about possibly built on the bones of Smash 4. And even though maybe not specifically Smash 4, it is having every single character of all of all time Smash. So, you know, he I think he should get definitely the full point for that um two we'll see pokemon but people will be disappointed on how little we learn so yes i think he definitely gets a point for that i'm going to say a half point though because he specifically brings up how the let's go pikachu and the let's go eevee is unlikely and Funnily enough, I think the day of or the day after we put out that last episode is when they made that announcement trailer, and then they just did another announcement trailer at E3. So I'm going to give him a half point because he specifically said that the Let's Go Pikachu is, you know, not true. And then his third one was New Animal Crossing in the same vein as Metroid Prime, which that didn't happen. So he has one and a half points, and... I had zero. God dang it, you jackasses. And Nate, Nate had a whopping one point. So that means the winner of last week's nerd points was Pete. Congratulations. We fucking hate you. But enough about that. Let's get to some happier times with the weekly grind. Alright, so the weekly grind is going to be like, hey, what have we been up to? Obviously, E3 went on, so we're definitely going to be talking about that. But uh, what have we been playing? What have we been watching? You know, let's start with our guest, Fatal Otaku. What have you been doing? Well, I've actually been putting a lot of time into Fortnite. I've been working mm-hmm. a lot lately, so I haven't had a ton of time to actually like sit down and properly play a game so anytime i have like even a few minutes i'll jump into fortnite with some friends and uh nice that's been going well we've uh i got my first uh back-to-back uh win oh nice first i had a solo win that followed up right by a uh a duos win where my partner immediately left and i was left by myself to oh jeez fend off everything by myself but uh, it went pretty well and i got a back-to-back win so i'm pretty proud of that nice so I think that's my. I think I've had like four wins now. I'm still getting used to the game, but it's uh, pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Nice. Um, besides that, I've been uh, putting a little bit of time into Persona Five. Still, I've been playing yeah. that game for probably the last three months, trying to get <laughs> through it. I think I have like some like sixty hours in, and I still have no idea whether I'm coming close to the end of that game. <laughs> Not even close. You're probably about halfway through, so you got another three months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I think I finished the uh, fourth palace, which yeah. if anyone has played the game, they're probably more familiar with how far into it than I am since I haven't cleared it yet. But I just got uh, we went to a the uh, class went to a trip to Hawaii for anyone who's familiar. So we we just huh. got to the Hawaii part. So. 
I thought you were just talking about in real life. I was like, yeah, oh, no. I know, right? I'm like, God, <laughs> lucky. Uh, so my question for you is, um, you mentioned off the air that you, you're a streamer. Um, have you tried Realm Royale like a lot of people have? Um, I have not streamed it, but I did download and play a couple of games with some friends. That game is, it's fun. It's I've been having some uh, hard times using the bow in the, with the hunter class, but uh, yeah. it's, it's a fun game. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one when it comes out to the consoles because my PC is crap, so I, I I can only play on the console really. When it comes out to the consoles, I definitely want to try it out. Right now, um, I've played obviously Fortnite and H one Z one. Um, I mean for for my own personal reasons, I kind of like H one Z one just a little bit more. Um, but I'm always willing to to check out other iterations of it and figure out what they do differently. And the forging and the classes, I think definitely mix it up enough that, you know, it's not just, Oh, here's another one, which, you know, anytime anybody puts out one, they're just like, Oh, here's another Fortnite clone. Even though obviously by, I mean, realistically they should be calling it like an H1Z1 clone or a pub or PUBG clone, or even a, what's the, there's a meme out Daisy. there now. Yeah. Daisy. Thank you. There's a meme out now where it's a uh, me seeks. And so like, I didn't, why'd you wrote me into this? I didn't wrote me into this. He wrote me into this. <laughs> and it's like all the different um, battle royales. He didn't wrote me in this. And then, so like it goes all the way back to uh, Minecraft survive or something. So it's like, <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. So Nate, what have you been up to? Um. Well, like I said, at the top of the show, um, I've been, Mostly packing and mostly getting ready for that. So I haven't done a whole lot. Um, I did do uh, I did do a couple things. My wife and I uh, have been binging The Office recently, and we're kind of getting a little fatigue. So we um, we started a show called uh, Superstore, mm-hmm. which basically is uh, it's the perfect show for people who work in retail or have before because there's it's just it's such a comment on how on the, the actual um people working in retail like the, what they have to deal with so like for example in the first episode there's a guy that's walking by and there's a like a giant stacked up thing of toilet paper and he like grabs one of them from the middle and the stuff from the ones on the top just fall down and the, oh, the woman who works there she was like no it's cool like yeah the middle ones are are better quality than the ones at the top and i had to pause <laughs> it and i turned to my wife i was like that irked me way more than it should have. That legitimately bothered me. <laughs> um, but uh, but besides that, I I just when you said um, PUBG, it made me remember. Yesterday we were uh, setting up our utilities and um, like I was setting an appointment for them to uh, come install and turn on the internet at the new right. place. Um, and <laughs> we used a sudden link. And um, you can do the electronic billing so it doesn't send you a paper bill. And when I went to go set that up, that was like, here, set up a passphrase to log in with. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, the first thing that popped into my head and what I typed into that bar was winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't play PUBG. I don't know why. It just popped in my head. And I was like, that's funny. And so I put that and I showed it to my wife. And she said, why the f- did you pick that? <laughs> I said, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let me be myself, damn it, woman. 
but yeah superstore is really funny so far we're about probably seven or eight episodes in um yeah if you guys have seen um laser team the rooster teeth movie they did a, uh, a couple years ago one of the guys in it uh colton dunn yeah he's he's in superstore as well and he's just he's just a great character he's so funny um nice. but yeah that that's pretty much it for me yeah that's on netflix right uh hulu hulu okay yeah i have both so um yeah i was like i I know i've seen it so it's like one of those like i've always kind of went by it and i'm like eh. so yeah, i might i might have to might have to give it a try now that i have such a glowing review from you it's so funny yeah. it sounds funny i'm gonna have to check it out as well yeah definitely um so what i've been up to is i've started something on the discord I uh, started a new channel or ch- is that what it's called? I guess it's called a channel. Anyways, um, I started a new thing, the daily grind Monday through Thursday. I'm going to be grinding out a new game every, every day. It's going to be in the nighttime. So it, mountain time, you know, I don't know when usually it's going to be pretty late because pretty much I'm going to be waiting for my girls to go to bed and then I'm going to go play. And so that means, you know, nine, 10 sometimes, but if you do want to join me, Monday is The Division, Tuesday is Elder Scrolls Online, Wednesday is Rainbow Six Siege, and Thursday I'm going to keep it open. So like, if I feel like Division or Elder Scrolls again, then I might do that, or if I just feel like something else, I'm going to do that. So I did my first one last night, which was Monday, so I did my first Division, and... I mean, two things. One, I forgot just how good the game is. You know, even though, even though, like, some characters can be kind of bullet spongy, um, it still just feels really good. It goes back to that tacticism. And I talked about it a little bit on Ubi Chat. So check that out. Um, you know, I, I liked Destiny, but the division, ugh, so much better. I love it so much. And I know I've said this before, excuse me, I know I've said this before, but as soon as you make that ding and you go into the end game stuff, you've gotten done with everything, like loot is just so much more plentiful. And so granted, you are kind of just redoing like the daily missions, um, like in OG Destiny, the daily missions are just replaying um the story missions but at a harder difficulty but they're fun you know like yesterday i had to uh i had to play for a daily mission i had to play one of the missions uh it was it was the one where you're getting rid of rid of like a giant fire tank basically so if you play division you know what i'm talking about um and i had to play through it on challenging and what i didn't realize is that on challenging every single enemy you'll go up against is the yellow characters and so like it was definitely a different experience um when every single one was that but also you really get to know their weak spots that's for damn sure (laughs) because (laughs) like there's there's a big heavy guy and he has um a couple of different like propane tanks on him so as long as you're like flanking him right uh, you know he could be looking somewhere else and then i get his i get his propane tank he looks uh, in a different direction and somebody else can get his grenade pouch and then so you know he has a he's very bullet spongy but if you hit the right spots you 
take out huge chunks of his life. And so, yeah, just replaying that was really fun. And I'm after that, like, I'm like, I'm ready for Elder Scrolls online. Like, it was like, can okay. You steal his, can you steal his propane accessories? I wish. <laughs> I wish you can have his propane and propane accessories. Um, and then another thing I did, we have, uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if this is like an Idaho thing, but we have these cheap theaters. And so basically like right around the same time as a movie, like coming out to DVD, like right before sometimes, um, we'll get, they'll come to these cheap theaters. And so they're only typically like $3 and then a small town thing. We're not a small town, but I think that's just a regional thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, yeah, it's called real theater. So I don't know if, if, if it is original thing, but yeah, I mean, it's only $3, but we still get to go to the theater and on Tuesday it's a dollar. Oh, so wow. yeah, me, my wife and my little girl, we went out and saw ready player one. Um, it was one I wanted to watch from the very beginning from whenever it first came out. Like I was willing to pay the full amount and, uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and t- I loved it to the point where it was like, I don't know why everybody was so mad about it, you know? Um, have you guys seen it? I have, actually. Did um, you like it? Well, I read the books. Well, I shouldn't say read the books. I've listened to the audio books <laughs> for the book about four times over the last like couple of years, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I loved the book, so I was, like, immediately ready to go see the movie. And, yeah, I enjoyed the movie quite a lot. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. See, now, it, usually the people who read the book are the people who are a little bit more critical of it. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting because it did deviate a lot from the yeah. book. It's almost like, what if we take that concept and just told a, a retelling of the story, but, like, going in, like, a... A similar direction, but, like, just changing everything up. Like, none of the puzzles were the same. Oh, really? They were completely okay. different. And even, like, near the end at uh, Castle Anorak, that whole ending battle scene and the way they solve the problems there happens in a completely different way. Yeah. So, like, there are... It has its differences, but, you know, I actually really liked the way they... Uh, went with their own way and told their own story with it instead of just retelling a story I'd already heard before. So yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Nate. Uh, I still haven't seen it yet. I, <sighs> I didn't get to see it in theater. Well, no, here's the thing. Neither me nor my wife wanted to see it in the theater because prior to its release, we could not get away from the same trailer over and over again. Oh and Yeah. It looked, yeah, it looked cool, but after literally 15 times within a manner of a week, we kept seeing the same trailer over and over again. It's like, okay, I get it. Like, it's it's kind of one of those, like, let me just wait till that comes out. Let me give that some time to breathe. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one that we'll pick up and watch eventually, but, um, I, you know, just speaking in general, I'm not the type of person who is really salty like about things i mean i can be but when it comes to movies i generally like more movies than people do um because i don't 
like I take them for what they are. Like I don't right. go into a Fast and Furious movie or a <laughs> you know Jurassic movie expecting it to be the end all be all of films. I'm mm-hmm. walking in going, this is what it is, and I'm going to enjoy it as it is. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be upset or like, oh, they got that cameo wrong. Talking about Ready Player One, like I just right. I don't have the time or the energy to be so pissed about everything. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy it, but um, it just whenever I get to see it, we'll see. Yeah, I I think when it comes to movies, me and you are pretty like our wavelengths are the same. It's when it gets to video games that it's like as when it know. gets to E3 press conferences, we're completely <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I I really really enjoyed it, and it it was one of those things where it's like you know I I've heard so many reviews about how it was a lot of sevens, so it's not a bad movie, but they're also just saying that it's a meh movie. And for me, it was like, it was a really, really good movie, you know? And I do, I do think people have a huge problem, huge problem. Like actually one of my friends, um, was the same as you, Adam, where he, he read or he same thing he listened to it <laughs> he listened to the book several several times and so before the movie even came out he was like i'm not even gonna go see it i'm like oh okay and then he ended up seeing it anyways and he's like yeah i didn't like it I'm like really like you know and so yeah there's a lot of people out there that just like <sighs> in today's age it's 2018 how long have we been adapting books? How long have we been adapting uh, video games? You know, we've been doing it for years. Name one that is so faithful, so, you know, beat by beat. You know, there are some, like I've heard the Harry Potters are pretty good. Mm. I've heard that... I've heard that, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, is okay, Lord of, the the Rings ex- Lord of the Rings Extended Edition is pretty true because the movies by themselves are three hours. The Extended Editions add at least another 45 to an hour. So, right, right. Uh, the Lord of the Rings is the best example of that. Harry Potter to an extent, but yes. I know for a fact, because I was reading these uh, whenever I was younger, I know for a fact that four... And this may be a lot, part of the reason why people have a problem with four. Four completely deviates. Like mm-hmm. it, it maybe does the first part of the book, and right. then the second part of the book is just not even in the movie. Like they just skip over it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, point being is that we've been doing this for years, and they've usually never gotten an adaptation one hundred percent. And I think the fact is is that like a lot of people need to like. They need to go in every single time knowing that this is an adaptation. It is not a, um, it, it's, I guess, what what would be a better word than, like, if they wanted to do it beat by beat, what would be the word for that? Because adaptation, by definition, is you're adapting it. You're, 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 you're going to be putting your own spin on it. You are going to be retelling it to a certain extent, you know? And so going into anything, especially after the trailers, a lot of people that read the books saw the trailer and it's like, oh, this is not going to be anything like it. So then why go to it? Like, if you really don't like it and, and you know you're not going to like it, then why go to it 
just to piss yourself off. Because you know, that's I, what the internet does. <laughs> I know. It's... Uh, no, trust me. You no, know. trust me. I got into that same thing last night with people. Like I, and we'll, we'll cover it more in a minute. But um, I got done with the PlayStation press conference, and although it was weird, I really enjoyed it. Like I, there was a lot of things yeah. I liked about it. Mm-hmm. The moment I go on Facebook, sorry, kind of funny group. The moment I go on Facebook and the kind of funny Facebook group, a lot of people were really high, and a lot of them were like, "Wow." fuck you sony that fucking sucked and i was like dude like it's mm-hmm. what it's just like uh, it's just the internet hate is just so annoying it's just like the hate is strong with them do it do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> they should have a sponsorship from nike <laughs> do it <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I I don't like the hate. Yeah, when it comes to movies, I think me and you are right at the same side because it's like just enjoy the goddamn movie, okay? Like yeah. it is, it is not the end of the world. And I I know I've said this before. I don't know if it was technically on this show, so I think I'm okay repeating it. But um, I think everybody expects every movie to be the best movie ever, which and doesn't every- make any sense. Yeah, exactly. Every movie can't be the best movie ever because then no movie is the best movie ever. So why can't Ready Player One just be a good movie? You know, why does it have to why does it have to say something philosophically? Why does it have to make me think? Why does No, it's a really fun movie about video game characters. Seeing all these different video game characters, like in the theater, um, in the theater, Serenity showed up. the The spaceship, if if you guys know, yep. Serenity showed up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, Serenity!" Like way too freaking loud. <laughs> <laughs> like my wife actually, like, okay, this <laughs> to remind you, I had my daughter with me, and the whole time we're basically trying to get her to calm down and like watch the movie or whatever. She was very bored, um, but. Like you know, having my be. wife trying to calm me down—it's <laughs> just uh, it was—it was pretty funny. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Serenity. Like all the different references, it was just so fun, you know, you know, and especially like when Mecha Godzilla comes, and you're just like, "Oh, geez," because it's like as as he was getting created, it's like I think I know who it is. I think I know it. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Like, oh, I appreciate the amount of work that had to go into that because mm-hmm. the amount of detail mm-hmm. in every frame, like, I mm. guarantee you could go back and look at that frame by frame and find something new that you did not notice every single time. Yep. Like, yeah. especially in that la- in the big war scene where it's like, you could stop it and probably find 30 to 40, like, Easter eggs in that just one, oh, God, in, yeah. in one scene. It's so great. Yeah, and I, I think I think it is funny how a a movie about video games is one of the best video game movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know because I mean, and I think the same thing was kind of <clears throat> excuse me. I think the same thing was kind of said about Jumanji Into the Jungle when it first came out. Is that they were they were using a lot of like video game tropes, but since it wasn't directly tied to a video game, people 
latched onto it a little bit better. And like, I'd have to say the same thing about ready player one. Like the fact that it's not about a specific one uh, means they can, they can take liberties. So yeah, when, when uh, the one guy or I guess girl, sorry, uh, when the one girl um, becomes the iron giant, like I don't care about Canon. I don't care about, Oh, that wouldn't happen. I, I just see iron giant. I'm like, well, heck Yeah. <laughs> That so. was actually that scene is one of the things I hear a lot of people complaining about. It's like the theming of that where H becomes the Iron Giant. We're like, well, the Iron Giant wasn't supposed to be a weapon, and they're using it as a weapon. Isn't that going against everything the Iron Giant stood for? I'm just like, okay, come on, it's guys. It's just like, just sit down. It's just yeah. sit down. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is where it's time to just, like you said, sit down and enjoy the movie for its just trying to be a fun like romp through nostalgia. Like, yeah, I think you're taking it a little bit too, like looking a little too closely at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right, let's get to the big topic of the day, the big weekly grind of the week, and that was obviously E3. Um, so first off, let's do some honorable mentions, what we thought about E3 in general, and then we're going to get into our top three. So in general, how'd you feel about it? Fatal Otaku. This has been an interesting year. I gotta say, I feel like it's been a bit slower than mm-hmm. the last pre the previous years. Um, I was really looking forward to the Microsoft conference cause I felt like they had a lot to like really like show this year if they wanted to try to make up ground and i thought right. they did a pretty good job uh ea and square kind of didn't have as much fun with those ones but mm-hmm. you know square was the one i think personally had the most games that spoke to me or should have spoken to me but i kind of just like i woke up early for that one and was like wow i didn't get everything i wanted out of that i kind of left that one disappointed but uh sony and microsoft and uh bethesda felt did a pretty good job i enjoyed all three of those ones yeah and nate i'm kind of with you um this has been a very interesting e3 in the sense of i think most of us expected certain things to happen and those things that we expected to happen didn't happen for the most part. Splinter Cell. Yep. Splinter Cell, but also (laughs) Rocksteady. Rocksteady was primed to have their game either announced at Xbox or announced at Sony, and neither of them happened. Those are going to Nintendo. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So I still think that Splinter Cell and the Rocksteady game will be announced this year. I just think Mm. they'll be announced outside of E3, which is very interesting, but it would make sense because those games really don't need an E3 showing. Those games can be announced by themselves and people will still buy them. So maybe that's where they're going. But um, I I enjoyed the only conference that I haven't had a chance to watch yet was um, Bethesda's. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because I, I just, I didn't make time for it. So that, yeah. that's on me. But, um, I thought that Xbox had a really great showing this year, um, with what they showed. I, they really were firing on all, all cylinders. I mean, you're going to tell me that they first off announced three gears games, although one was only like a proper gears game. They started the show with a halo new halo game. Uh, yep. which begged all kinds of questions from the trailer alone. 
And then they teased, hey, we are working on the next Xbox. It, it, all in one conference. And what? When and did they tease that? At the very end, he was like, you know, he was talking about the cloud streaming thing, the huh. cloud streaming games. And he was like, but, you know, we are also working. We do have our developers working on the the next version of Xbox. Hmm. And it was just like kind of a shadow that they put up on the screen. But um, hmm. that and them announcing that they bought, they actually bought and are sinking money into these studios hmm. to to have games going forward. Whether they were already Xbox games, <laughs> it shows that they're trying to financially support the people that are making games for them so they can make more, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, I think it's been a good, really good E3. Um, from now on, though, anytime E3 comes around, um, I'm staying off the internet. I'm staying off Facebook because um, I've been coming out of these conferences on a real high like oh i really enjoyed this and to come from that and then get on facebook and see your mom's a whore see like people who just like want to down my throat i'm like well you know i really don't need that you know it's one of those things that i grew up watching e3 like everybody else did but we all watched E3 through a vacuum. It was our experience. You know, I, I can remember being home Good from point. school when game trailers and G4 was still around. I would yep. leave those uh, on the TV G4. all week. <laughs> and that's that's how I would watch E3. And it was an experience and I loved it. Definitely. So to go from that and now have an immediate reaction of someone being like, that fucking sucked. I was mm. like, man, like it's it's just, it's stuff like that that just like, puts me down so um i I went a little dark on the end with that i'm sorry but it's just (laughs) it it, it really bothered me after sony's press conference last night how many people were just like and it's like someone pointed out it's like dude they showed what they said they were gonna show true and might i add and i want to talk to you about this nick because Mm -hmm. i know you weren't happy through a lot of the conferences Sony was Sony's conference was really the only one that showed us deep showed dive gameplays. Us, yes, for every single one of their games that they talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't expecting to get a Last of Us gameplay, which mm-hmm. looked incredible. Oh God, yes. Oh yeah. And then Ghost, they showed gameplay for Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost Death Stranding. Uh, gameplay for Death Stranding. I I, that was gameplay. We're gonna talk that about this a little later, but I do believe there is a lot more gameplay in there than we realize. Yes, oh, I, yes. I, there was a lot of walking. <laughs> the, um, if you guys follow Boss Logic on Instagram, the the graphic designer, I do he not. posted. He put you should follow him because he he does really good work. But he posted a picture of Norman Reedus, the, like the screenshot of Norman Reedus's character with mm-hmm. the uh, arm thing on his back, and had FedEx labels all over him. <laughs> 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 but um, overall, I really enjoyed this this E3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested interested to see what Nintendo's showing is going to be. That's going to happen a little bit later today, right? Um, so so yeah, um, I'm excited for the games they showed, and I'm excited for the things they didn't show that I wish they would show <laughs> to see if they come around. Yeah. I'll, and I, I, my main question to you would be, is the reason you went dark because of the reaction to PlayStation or in general? Well, the PlayStation one was the freshest one. Like yeah. I, I watched it late last night. Like I finished about 1130. Um, and 
as they were doing like the grumpy (laughs) (laughs) as they were doing like the (coughs) post excuse me the post show stuff when they were um talking to media molecule and and all Mm -hmm. that stuff i was just checking my facebook and I, I know the pacing of the conference was weird. Definitely, um, yeah. But I thought it was – I personally thought it was cool that they started off in a weird church that was a set from The Last of Us and then yeah. had the the composer, Gustavo, from The Last of Us playing because I love his music. I loved his music throughout the first Last of Us. So yeah. it was just it, – it's it was like – the way I took it was – Xbox has this press conference of let's show you all these games and all this money we have to mm-hmm. throw at them. And it was a showcase. And PlayStation was like, hey, we're going to show you stuff a little more intimately. We're yeah. going to give you a deep dive to what we have. And that's what we got. And right. it was it was so it, to me, it was Sony not having to compete with Xbox. It was them doing their own thing. And that's why I really loved it. Like it was super unique and Nobody talked except for Sean Lane in the beginning and then the, mm-hmm. the, the transition. But the main yep. conference, nobody said anything. Right. And I think I think it was the pacing that, that a lot of people had a problem with. And um, so I I probably will go a little bit dark, but only on Microsoft because I, I am a PlayStation guy. I can't deny that. But um, I can't throw shade at all the other people for being self-indulgent without also pointing out the fact that building a set specifically just for one game premiere, which we've already seen is a little self-indulgent and it was definitely a different experience, but I think although I liked the Gestapo coming out and playing it, um, I guess what soured my, what soured my grapes about that was that I already had to sit through Bethesda and Bethesda had an entire song, um, which was like a rock song. It was like, and and, and, you know what I mean? And so having to sit through that before finally getting to rage two, and it was an okay showing like, okay, yeah, that's rage two. It looks like exactly like rage one with a couple of new abilities. Yipty F and do. And so then also uh, Ubisoft, obviously, they opened up with a giant song or whatever. I didn't mind it as much because you kind of expect that from them. You you expect yeah. that cringy Just Dance um, presentation. So I kind of expected it from them. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just for them to make an entire set just for The Last of Us, it does show their passion. And I have to... Mm-hmm commend them for that because it was cool when the opening shot was of that church they were sitting in i'm like oh that's why they did it but yeah until... i was like why were they in a church it was so <laughs> until weird. that point i was just like why are they in a church why are they doing this like even like you could hear background noise off of sean Layden's uh microphone yep. so i'm like wow they just did not plan this very well then the trailer started and i'm like oh gotcha okay but then the the pause was probably the weirdest thing because then they actually went into the show floor. So it's like, you literally did that for just that. And it's like, I get it on the one hand, but on the other hand, like I said, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't point out the self-indulgence of it and Mm -hmm. the absolute just stroking that they were doing there. You know, it is well-deserved stroking mind you, but it's still stroking, you know, because I am one. I am definitely one of the people who's very boisterous about 
Microsoft was flexing and they were just showing you how big their cock was and how hard it was. And, you know, I'm 40 and I have this big of, <laughs> you know, now, look to, at I, me, I, I, look I at me. <laughs> they, they did. They did need to do a lot. So that's why I liked it is because I appreciated that they needed right. to show that. And they show, I mean, they didn't show a substance, but they showed us a lot. And like, I used to be an Xbox gamer. Like mm-hmm. I, I had a 360 for a long time and I had an Xbox one as well. I had an Xbox one for a while. Um, but I ended up having to sell my Xbox to go on a trip a few years ago and I used my PlayStation more. Um, so the conference, although it didn't make me want to buy a one X, it right. did kind of potentially have me interested. It had me more of like, I could buy another Xbox, but I wasn't all the way there yet. So, And see, I guess that's my biggest problem is that this E3 is the time that everybody's paying attention to. And so what Microsoft tried to do is they tried to show like, oh, look how many games we have. When it's like, uh, is it really your game? You know, it's like you have 17 exclusives. Or something. What was it? I, I, I don't know it was the number. 18. 18. 18. But like how shot. many of those were quite literally only available on the Xbox One? And that's part of the problem that they created for themselves because of the Play Anywhere and you can play on the PC. So it's like it's a problem they created for themselves. Whereas The Last of Us, you literally can only play that on the PlayStation 4. Spider-Man, only on the PlayStation. Ghost of Tsushima. Um... Ghost, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Death Stranding. Um, what was the the weird Remedy one? Which the Remedy one really took Control. me by surprise. Control. The Remedy thing really surprised me because, like, Remedy obviously did Quantic Dream or whatever it was for uh, Xbox. So to mm-hmm. see them be like, "All right, bye guys, we're, we're gonna go over here now," um, yeah. was kind of cool. I I see Xbox's approach. And I see that they're like, look at us. We have 50 games. But I did the math because, yes, I'm that petty. I did the math and there was 100 minutes and a good 10 minutes of that was like the division. And so the rest of that, which is 90, divided by 49 meant that we only get a minute and 1.836734. (laughs) point being is that we didn't get that much out of each one and that's not including all the talking because microsoft still had the same problem that every single conference had except for sony which was talking so much talking and the the fact that in the middle was the most self-indulgent you know cock showing that i've seen you know, just like, hey, these are all the studios we bought. And what I have to point out is the fact that, and you mentioned it before, is the fact that they were already making games for Xbox. And so I guess what I would have preferred is the games. I don't care who you're buying. And, you know, I understand that this also is for uh, investors and stuff like that. But this very well could have been an investor phone call. It very well could have been something. And they released those to the public as well. So why did they have to do it on the main stage? You know, like, I feel like it was just a big waste of time to say, hey, 
Playground Studios, you know, the ones that make Forza for us and only us. Yeah, they're still going to make it just for us. And mm-hmm. Undead Labs, the people who've only made games for us and only us. Yeah, they're going to continue to do that. Like, it was just like, I for me, it was out of place. I understand, especially if you're like a big Xbox fan, I can understand the importance of that. But on an E3 stage, I just don't get the point of it. You know, especially since you had so many games to get through. And really, all the games that we saw, there was a couple with some gameplay in them. But it was really just, here's a here's a bunch of flashes. Here's, here's a bunch of stuff going on. There wasn't a lot of substance. And so... PlayStation, as usual, had a lot less to show as far as quantity, but the quality was way up there. If we skipped the entire intermission where they had to change from the church into the big stadium, if we took that part out of our memory and we only watched it after the fact so we were able to skip past it or something, um, it was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal the gut-wrenching emotion in in the starting the pulse pounding punches that you have from spider-man the what the f is this from control the moment that had me you know literally yelling out loud which i'll 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 say that later i'll save that for later like it was just one after another and it was the deep dives that i really like ghost of, ghost of tsushima uh like i still don't know how the open world aspect is going to work mm-hmm. but my freaking god the grass the leaves the way they moved like oh my god it's so good. It looks so freaking good. You know, and I was even, I wish uh, I was having a bad connection. So really, I only, I would think I was only in like 720p. And even then it was like super blurry, but just mm-hmm. like I could still see like, like the grass and the way it moved and like, oh my God, so good. Now see, um, Ghost of Tsushima, oh God, that's such a hard word to say. Ghost of Tsushima. Right? Uh, is the only one at Sony's that I thought was <laughs> okay personally. Yeah. Um. It it looked really good, but if I had to pick between the other like samurai Japanese style games that I saw, right. I think Shadows Die Twice probably I put I would put that over Ghosts. Now I, I I'm not gonna commit to that because I love Sucker Punch and I love everything they've done. Uh, um. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But from that showing in particular. I, I wasn't quite sure what I was watching. Um, the combat looked super cool, but it also looked really basic, like really, really basic. Yeah. In comparison to what we've had before, and then later on when they showed the the Spider Man gameplay, and it was, yep. you know, Arkham gameplay, which is totally fine. That's great combat, but I I don't know. Ghost of Tsushima was the only one that I was just like, eh, about yeah. you know. But um, I guess did, have we. Have we gone? Have we done honorable mentions yet? <laughs> I guess not. So you can you can talk about Halo Infinite. So <laughs> surprise 
of the show kind of i expected xbox to talk about halo because they needed to make some sort of announcement i didn't expect them to start the show with it so the biggest thing to take away with this is that they don't have anything (laughs) well the reason being is because it's a completely new engine yeah like they've scrapped the engine that they had with halo 5 and uh you know halo halo games prior and this is a completely new engine right um from the trailer it looks like some people thought it they may be doing like a reimagining of the original in the new engine um Hmm. because of the fact they're on a halo the world that they've shown and um master chief's helmet and his armor looks slimmer like his ce version i don't think that's the case yeah and some people were like you know oh well how are they on a halo ring is it a prequel well halo 5 ended with cortana making a new halo yeah so i think it's going to be a continuation but the other interesting is they've dropped the numbers it's just halo infinite yeah i'm wondering does infinite have to do with the game itself or is it just some cheeky reference to the storyline you know is it called infinite because you're going to be able to play it for an infinite amount of time maybe there's some kind of replayability in it you know is is it gonna is there gonna be some like random dungeons that you can just you can go through it a thousand infinite millions of times and not get the same experience is that why it's called infinite or is it infinite because like bioshock infinite infinite had a very distinct reason story reason for being called that well another thing from the trailer is this looks like this halo could be an open world game kinda i mean otherwise why are they showing me all this bs (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's well, from the way the camera was panned on that warthog, which yep. by the way, that warthog driving did not look really good at all. It really didn't. It, you're but right there for sure. It looked the, sketchy, and the it, I guess the art didn't look as good as previous Halos, like Halo Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the way the camera was positioned to to show that it kind of gives you a feeling of this could be more open experience and it could be like a more open world game which if they built a new engine is totally possible because the halo engine that they had was was fantastic as it is and even though i didn't really care for halo 5 the set pieces on it were really good and really large i mean they were it was you know so so maybe maybe not open world but like faux open world where maybe like they just have yeah they just have really big areas that is meant for exploring so yeah exactly like god of war it's exactly where i was going you beat me to it i hadn't even considered that actually i actually really like that idea well yeah i think anybody and everybody who's making a game looks at the way god of war made their game and if they're not trying to rethink the way they're doing stuff i think it's a it's a big misstep because god of war was extremely linear if you think about it but having a giant hub and being able to explore the world and make it feel alive was the best thing that they could have done and it was the best way to go back to god of war um yeah so all right let's get to our top three so we're going to go one at a time, start with your least favorite all the way up to your favorite of E3. We'll start with Adam. Um, I'm going to have to start with uh, the Death Stranding trailer that we got. And yep. 
primarily because of like the first like 30 maybe like 40 seconds to a minute of it there was a really interesting line that they talked about and i'm just gonna quote it here um sam the uh norman reedus's character is talking to a woman so at some point she's not actually there but he's like talking through a headset or something and she yeah. says tears a chiral allergy so you have dooms like me what's your level i've got the extinction factor but i think you got me beat and so my thought there is they might not have been talking character to character. This might have been a player to player moment. Hmm. And that hmm. her ability to, because she says you can see them, right? And he says, no, but I can sense them. There might be some aspect of as you level up through the game or as you level up, however you level up, because right. who knows how it's going to work. Um, you might be able to uh, have different abilities, like being able to actually see the enemies, or maybe hmm. you're just able to get some kind of sense of where they're at. Because it's to me, when she says, what's your level, that's not something you would necessarily... You could, I, can't, I can't see how that works in like a character-to-character moment, but if it was like right. the uh, division things where it's two people talking as they're playing, mm-hmm. it makes a lot it would make a lot more sense. Plus, if you go in later on in that trailer, he's talking to a couple other people that sound like there's some kind of, like, intelligence group that's trying to help him get to wherever he's going. That could also be other players, because we know Kojima has stated that this game has a lot of player interaction. Right. And so that's this could have say. all been set up to look like a character-to-character moment while it's actually being played out, like a gameplay trailer that we don't even realize is a gameplay trailer. Yeah. And there's even like, there's a spot where there was a couple of spots where we'd, it would show Norman Reedus walking and then it would show a completely different character walking. Yep. So you wonder if that's like your character, you get to create your own character and stuff like that. Um, it was it was definitely pretty, but like I kind of touched on this before. The only thing I didn't like is like, is it really gameplay? Because all they did was show walking, you know. And it's like it's when we first saw the trailer for Fallout. It was just like there were certain shots of the, you know, the guy walking through the, um, through the different environments or whatever. But that was it. Like he was just walking, and so only later in Bethesda's conference did we actually get to see gameplay we got to see four players on the screen at once and i was like well hell yeah that's what i want to see yeah walking around especially how mysterious the game still is it's like just because i get to see walking doesn't make me understand the game any more than i already do yeah and that's still why it's only number three on my list is i like that little connection that i may or Mm -hmm. may not be seeing there but it intrigued my like little my thoughts but it Mm -hmm. really couldn't put it any higher because like you said we haven't seen unless we did see and that's all the game is which is walking in which case i'd be very disappointed we really haven't seen gameplay yeah yeah all right nate What's your number three? Oh, that's hard because all of the ones I have are, I guess it's the division. T- no, no, it's dying light Two. dying light Two is my number three. Yeah. Um, it look, I really enjoyed the first one, 
But this one, I like how much more of the focus is on human to human interactions. Yeah, and consequences how, and yeah, consequences are a big deal with this game, and that's really fascinating. Yeah, um, I'll have to say it's my number three too. So we can mm-hmm. we can go on a little extra long for this one. Well, so I cheated a little bit on my top three. Um, I have in the same space Anthem and Dying Light too, so I guess I can make Anthem my number three as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just I'll just speak quickly about Anthem. Anthem looks awesome. It looks like a little bit like Destiny. Um, but without the bungee tropes, hopefully, yeah, (laughs) you know, but, um, I like, I like how much they showed, um, the game looks really cool and, uh, I just, I like the, I like the introduction of the, um, javelins. Like, I like how you get to pick a specialist, but that's also your character, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm not sure how much team focused gaming I'm going to do with it when it comes out. Um, but I like how they give you that option as well. It's like you can, with any of the other like hero shooters, you can squad up and have different javelins in your in your crew, mm-hmm. and they can they can work effectively like that. So I think that's cool. But Dying Light Two, um, I like how much more fantasy it is. Like they they call it the modern dark times, right? In in the uh, in the at the conference mm-hmm. and um it just looks really cool i did like the first one but i didn't like the setting and i didn't like how dark it was it's called dying light you jackass no no no, 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 no. <laughs> like like i didn't like how everything was so brown like oh, it, okay, gotcha. it, it wasn't really interesting to look at so this one being less of a zombie game and more of a consequence interaction rpg yep that kind of fascinates me a lot more yeah, and I do like how they showed off, like, if you save this water treatment plant, then you'll see the city um, start to have more plants and stuff because people are able to grow plants and stuff. But if you don't, here's how it would look afterwards. And they specifically made sure to say this is one decision out of hundreds. And I'm like, holy crap. If that's if the difference is like pardon the pun but if the difference is night and day for for the changes how many changes are there going to be to the physical world you know because like for instance uh, way way back in the day uh, we're we're talking infamous you know if you were good to everybody the the city would start looking a little cleaner and people would be like you know stopping to take your picture and if you were evil the city would start looking a little bit more dirty and people would like throw rocks at you so there was a little bit there but still like it wasn't so drastic at least if unless you looked at it side by side whereas like this i could look at my world and then maybe go join you in your world and all of a sudden i'm like whoa what the hell did you do (laughs) yeah so like that kind of uh consequence based thing is Oh man, the the one thing, the one thing that I am so mad about, so freaking mad about, is I was on my way home uh, from working because I have a job, uh, and right as I'm, I just went to the grocery store. This is Sunday. Um, I just got done at the grocery store, getting ready to get in my car and go home, make some dinner, and then watch watch the rest of the uh, Microsoft conference. And 
right at the time when I'm getting in my car, um, Adrian Walker tweets out, Dying Light just invented consequences. And I'm like, no! No! Like, Dying Light, for sure, would have been the one game I would have loved, loved for that to have been a surprise. I Oh, I'm so mad because then as soon as it came on screen, it's like I knew what it was. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate this feeling. I should have I should have been sitting there. What is this? What is? Oh, OK. Is it is it zombies? What is it? Dying light? Oh, my God. You know, like but I didn't get that experience because I had it freaking spoiled for me, you know. Um, but another thing I really liked just from the trailer, just from the little bit of like gameplay clips that you get from the looks of it everything is a lot more makeshift like in the first one you could have like an axe you can have a sword and stuff like this whereas in this one your axe is made out of like a street sign yeah so like i really liked the look of it and the look of the weapons and everything it just i absolutely love the first one i played the absolute crowd we're we're talking hundreds of hours into it different profiles different characters it was absolutely awesome and so i'm super excited for that to touch on anthem really fast if i look at it as a game by itself not including ea I think it does look good. Um, The only problem I think I have and a lot of other people have is the fact that we didn't technically get that much more information than we already had because we got some gameplay and sure. Now we know they're called javelins, but I felt like I already knew that. So you did what you did, but they showed off the, they showed off the different ones you had. Yeah. They they named them just like they named the Jedi, (laughs) Jedi, whatever the heck. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. (laughs) Um, so they named them and I, in a different universe, I would love to love that game. I would love to be excited for that game, but in the world we live in right now, even if you take battlefront two out of the equation, E, EA has done too much for me to forgive them and for me to give a crap, you know, because I see Anthem and I see Destiny 3.0 because now it's not money grubby Activision that we're having to worry about. It's money grubby EA, which Activision is the lesser of two evils. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that's that's all I say about Anthem. Number two, Mr. Adam. Well, this one's going to be pretty short because there's not a lot to say on it, but uh, Tales of Vesperia Definitive, Definitive Edition. So for me, this is a game that I loved on the Xbox 360. I played through this game, I can't even tell you how many times, and as a big anime and JRPG fan, this game just scratches that itch perfectly. And being able to relive it on the PS4, I just, I'm super excited for it. I, even though it was shown at the uh, Microsoft conference, I'm pretty sure this is coming to uh, both systems. This is one of their right, world right. premieres, not their world exclusives. Premiere. So, but regardless, 
Oh, I actually, now that I think about it, I know it's coming to Switch. I might actually pick it up on that instead so I can bring it with me on the go. But uh, That's dope as shit. Yes, I am so ready to play some more Tales. I love the Tales series, so that's my number two. Not much yeah. else to say besides that. Yeah, see, that that was another thing, like, world premiere, world premiere. Um, he literally just got done saying that everything from this point on is a world premiere. But they still felt the need to say world premiere before every trailer. Yeah. What I liked about PlayStation, I I know this is this is making me a PlayStation fanboy, but what I liked about PlayStation is they just freaking got to it. They didn't stroke their dick. They just got to the goddamn game. And it's like world premiere, world premiere, well exclusive, exclusive world. world, 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 world. It's like, okay, you you just told us that it's a world premiere. So don't tell me. Uh, It was so annoying. And that's kind of what I mean by the dick stroking is the fact that it's like world premiere. It it was too much. You know, it's like I get it. But at the same time, really all you're telling people is look how much money we have. Because it's like we, you know, we have enough money to to get a trailer. That's that's really – that's really all it was. It's like, hey, Kingdom Hearts, can we give you like a million dollars to let us put your trailer on first before your conference? <laughs> <laughs> that 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 trailer whole... was. Go on. Hmm. I said that tra- that initial trailer, that one that they showed at Xbox or the Kingdom Hearts, that was not a good trailer. Um, simply, I mean, simply because technically, yeah, it was um, technically bad. <laughs> it w- also, for me, I could. <laughs> I could give two shits about Frozen. I really don't care about Frozen. So hey, just let it world, go. Okay, let it go. That, that world didn't <laughs> do anything course. for me. The world they showed off at PlayStation, though, that... that oh, the Pirates? Yeah. Pirates world looked yeah. good. Arg. Looked really good. We'll have time to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3 later. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, Spoilers. a little bit. <laughs> All right, number two, Nate. Um, number two would be Division 2. Um which is interesting to me because as much as I like the division, like it's not one of my like, you know, favorite games. Like it's because it's not the main type of game I play, but the division two just looks so good. It, everything Mm -hmm. about it looks really, really good. I like the setting. I like the direction they're going with it. And just looking at the gameplay makes me excited to see more and to see the full game. Definitely. Um, like you said, the setting, um, I think setting it in DC, at least what they showed us, obviously that's all we have to go off of right now, but at least what they showed us, it is more open areas. And that's kind of in our predictions. If you remember, I talked about how, or I guess it would have been Ubi chat predictions. So go check that out. Ubi chat at Ubi chat on Twitter. Um, but uh, during our predictions, I talked about how that's what one thing I really wanted. I wanted open areas because as much as I love the division and like I said, in the early part of weekly grind, I'm getting back into it and I'm having a lot of fun with it. But one thing is it's just tall buildings. Like there's not much of a skybox because you can't really see it. There's buildings in the way. So having it go from that to a giant open world is super exciting. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. That was good. I don't really have much to add on to that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it also, I think one thing you pointed out after we watched it is it's, it's very bright. Yeah, it's a lot more bright than um, the Division mm-hmm. One. Yeah, I mean, so. because it's concrete and it's it's skyscrapers, everything's very gray. So kind of like what you were saying about Dying Light, I could you could say the same thing about Division Two, in the fact that it's much brighter. There, the color palette is not just gray and black and couple of browns now we got grass we got you know foliage which that was the one thing it was a little weird me and you were like debating over like how long has it been after the first game because like for me it looks like i am legend where it's like three years after after the event or something but like i you the post show what did they say it was they either said that the game takes place seven months after the disease or something, but they said seven months and that kind of makes sense potentially. Um, because if you look at the division one, it was only, it was only a couple months after the initial disease and Mm -hmm. everything was already kind of set that way. You know, you had the cleaners and you had like these groups that had in that short amount of time had manifested into the, the, gangs that they were in yeah so it would make sense that if it was seven months after like maybe after the disease washington dc just fell just fell hard and then in the matter of seven seven months you know we see what happened there so that could make sense because division Mm -hmm. one was a pretty fast turnaround in the world yeah i don't know i guess it's just the foliage that really throws me off it's like it seems like way too much of it for only seven months so, I mean, maybe it's seven months after the first division, which would make it a full year. I think that'd be a little bit more believable, but I'm not sure. Um, one thing I wish they would have done, because we talked about this on UbiChat, um, I wish they would have gone more into detail during Ubisoft, but instead they did the gameplay at Microsoft. And one thing I definitely wish that we would have been able to see is like the different factions. Because they talk about, like, you end the game and you're able to make three choices. Um, so I wish they would have gone into, like, okay, what's what's Washington, D.C.'s version of the Cleaners or the Rikers? What's their version of it? What factions are we going to do? Are we going to be able to, like, double-cross them or do missions for them and then piss off the other factions? Like, that's kind of one thing I'm hoping for, and I wish they would have gone a little bit more into detail. Yeah. I can agree with that. I think they'll show more. Obviously. Um, we'll probably... Oh, you know what I just got to thinking about? What if the next press conference is either Paris Games Week or Gamescom? Mm-hmm. So what if we get an announcement from like Splinter Cell or Rocksteady at those? Or what if they show more about Division 2 there? True. Yeah. Yeah. So very well could I mean they could they could do like a a diary system where like they you know trickle out a little information here and there and I think plenty of people would want to watch it I mean because you got tons of people who are really interested in it um, as far as like the division obviously still has a pretty good uh, fan base so all right so let's get my number two is Fallout seventy six um they. As far as like actual gameplay, it wasn't a lot. I mean, obviously, they they did kind of. Todd came out and he talked forever. 
It's like, I don't <laughs> care about blades. It's like, okay, it looks like a cool phone app, but yay. <laughs> Although it did look pretty bad, as I'll, I'll admit. But anyways, Fallout 76, um, I think obviously the standout is the fact that it's going to be multiplayer and the fact that it... I, I don't know if they actually use the word shared world but they definitely implied it heavily so um i think we're gonna have a sort of situation like destiny but i think the reason that they tried to stick away from calling it a shared world is because they didn't want to be compared to destiny in the sense that you know they didn't want people to think that you know they aren't gonna have the you know story elements that you expect from fallout you're you're not going to have like the world building that you get from a fallout like they're worried if they say that they're a shared world they're afraid people might think oh well they've lost their way you know and i don't think that's the case at all um but yeah i i feel like being able to go out and fall out with a buddy is super super cool i like it like I like the idea of squatting up in Fallout, you know, especially if they have like a survival mode and like we're we're having to really like help each other out and stuff. Like I think that could be really cool. I like the setting. Um I like that it's a prequel. I like that it's post the bomb. Um and I like the idea. I like the idea of having <sighs> Do you like big butts? And I cannot lie. Good. Um uh, the the shared world. I mean, they're not saying it, but you're right. It is a shared world. Shared mm-hmm. world. So it's cool to play Fallout in that way. My only worry is I hope they don't focus too much on the base building. Yeah, they've, t- they've talked about that that they want to focus on that, and I did not like that in four at all. Yeah, so I'm hoping this time around it's a little bit more intuitive. Uh, one thing they did mention is that now you can build anywhere rather than in specific places yeah so the designated you know um cities that they already had and then you had to build around it now you can build wherever you want and so that's part of the reason why i was like maybe this is a shared world because maybe i can set up my base get it super defensed and then somebody can like invade my world you know dark souls style and try to take it over or try to loot it or something did you guys check out the bethesda conference i want yeah i watched it uh, i didn't I, that was the only one i didn't get to see okay so you mind me talking about what they talked about in there at all or do you want to see it for yourself then because there was that cool little uh scene where they had a base built and they got yep. to show kind of like that pvp combat yeah that looked really cool like yeah so yeah, that's what I mean by like Dark Souls. Like, yeah. um, like you could like I don't know maybe if you go up to like a board and maybe there's like a bounty or something, like and so you take a bounty to take down this person's settlement and so then you load into somebody else's world, go try to take over their settlement, and maybe at the same time that person gets a notice, hey, these people are trying to take over your thing, and so you have to get back to your you know get back to your place and you know make sure it doesn't get taken over. Yep. So, yeah, I I think I think that'd be super cool. That's that sounds like a fun game to play with, like a couple of buddies. Definitely, definitely. All right, so you're number one. Okay, well, my number one, regardless of how bad some of the trailers might have looked, 
the Kingdom Hearts 3, just everything that has come out about it mm-hmm. so far over this conference. We've had it at three different conferences. <laughs> That's true. Each one gave us just a little bit more. So we had the reveal of the Frozen World. Eh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't... Hey, let Not it important go. to let me, it but right. I'm sure there are people out there that like it. <laughs> um, there was a little Ratatouille in the uh, Sony conference, which... I don't know if that's just gonna if that's gonna be a whole, full world or it's just gonna be like a mini game, little hub world. Right. The ending to those two, the uh, Microsoft and uh, Square Trail Square trailer was for anyone who's following the story of the people <laughs> who actually can follow the Kingdom Hearts. Story. <laughs> I, was, I had to giggle there because it's like story. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Aqua's eyes are a big implication of something that's going on in the plot that just Ooh. completely redefines what we thought we know. And then, most of all, the PS4 Pro Limited Edition Kingdom Hearts what? 3 Council. Yep. That was pretty nice. Yeah, that was pretty nice. It's, I do like how you're going to be able to get them all on oh yeah. one one big bundle. Yes. I'm assuming it's going to be close to like $100, but still, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it has Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, and 2.5, and mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 2.8. So you get the whole Kingdom Hearts enchilada, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, whenever that trailer ended at Microsoft, I I haven't followed like the DS games and like the Birth by Sleep and all that stuff. Like my My experience with Kingdom Hearts is 1 and 2. Okay. Um, I just over the course of time hadn't either had the devices that those came out on or hadn't made the time to play to catch up on all those. But when that trailer ended, I was like, pretty sure I remember that, and I'm pretty sure that's a big deal. <laughs> like I was like, that looks like it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, the 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 yellow eyes are a big implication for Kingdom Hearts fans. So if, yeah, if you're if you're following the story, then you probably already know what that entails so i won't say any more than that but yeah that was for me that was my i need to calm down moment because i'm yelling too loud right now (laughs) but yeah we're finally getting a ps4 pro limited edition so i can finally upgrade from my uh, launch day system i can get a nice new pro that i can put on put on my uh, tv i'm so excited for that nice Alrighty, Nate, number two. Or, sorry, number one, sorry. Um, number one is easily going to be The Last of Us 2. Um, nothing but that... sequels for you. Two. I know, it is nothing but sequels. That's okay, it nothing, nothing but, but sequels. sequels for me too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Last of Us 2, everything they showed, I was speechless the entire time. Yep. That cinemat like... That, that was a cinematic, but that was a gameplay cinematic. Like, you can tell the difference. Yeah, Because it looked very reminiscent of the art style from the cinem- from the uh, cutscenes. Or, I get it was a cutscene, not a cinematic. Um, the cutscene looked gorgeous. I mean, oh, you can so see every detail in the facial features. Like, you I, you could see the actress. I think it's Ashley something. I don't remember her, her last mm-hmm. name. Who plays Ellie. But I saw, like, you know, the little twitches in her eyes and, like, right. the, like the facial features. It was so... It, and it was very powerful, like, the, the scene itself. And then you saw gameplay. And the gameplay, it looks so good. It's so smooth. The textures and the graphics and everything just look absolutely incredible. Um, and I like how it looked that looked like that was probably actual 
gameplay, like it had right. menus like you had in, in Last of Us 1. Um, and from that trailer, from that showing, I think at the earliest we'll see this in 2019. At the yeah. l- very, very latest, it's going to be 2020. Like yeah. I could see a very early 2020 date, but that game looks like it's pretty far along. Yeah. I mean, this this seems like a, a holiday game. I don't know why or why they 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 could put this out. I mean, they could technically put this out in freaking July of next year and it would still go gangbusters. But I really feel like they they're definitely confident in this enough to put it out during the holiday and they don't have to worry about Call of Duty or the next Battlefront or whatever or whatever anybody else, you know, they'll be the Red Dead Redemption of 2019. Speaking of yeah. Red Dead, did we see anything from them at all yet? Nope. 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 Wow. Yep. I mean, Red Dead is the freaking reason that February 22nd is just everybody's dump. Everybody's just <laughs> dumping in there. Like, Everyone's it is running ridiculous. for the hills. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. I get it. Let, let me tell you. But I'm also just... Uh, uh, it's another kind of EA situation where, like, I don't personally like how Rockstar uh, did GTA Online and the stuff that they did with microtransactions and and it's like, oh, well, you can get it in in-game stuff, but it takes a long time when you have a vehicle, a single vehicle that is the equivalent of a hundred dollars in real-world money, and. And once again, you can get it in game. I understand that, you know, nobody like get mad at me in the comments or whatever. But when you're when you create something that is the equivalent of a hundred dollars, like it just seems like I don't know, it just seems bad because like maybe maybe I don't quite have enough. So I will spend twenty dollars to get it because that's how much I need to finally be able to get it. But it's a single it's a single vehicle. You know, and Rockstar, because they have such a pedigree, I feel like Rockstar is the one one people getting away with the same stuff that Destiny was doing, but they're getting away with it because they're Rockstar. And so I have this personal vendetta against Red Dead because it's like I don't want to spend a million dollars on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I. Red Dead for me, I'm 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 waiting and seeing because obviously it's going to be good, but I'm looking at the long game. You know, I'll probably rent it for the story, but then I don't think I'm going to buy it because I want to know what are they going to do with the with the online? How are they going to monetize it? Because obviously there's that take two uh, phone call that leaked or whatever. I don't, I don't know if it was technically leaked, but anyways, they they straight up admitted that from now on their games are going to have reoccurring revenue. So they're going to have monetization and they're, they're going to make it a part of the game. And I'm like, no, that's not cool. Anyways, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, last of us two. Um, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of what I can say that you didn't already say. And, there's not that much to say other than, yeah, it was just really gorgeous. And I really like the story beats. Um, the one thing I do have to point out is that 
since the first game, they opted to not go with the character model of the actual actress. Um, she does stand out a little bit, in my opinion, because the first guy you talk to is an Asian guy, and it looks like exactly like who the actor is. Mm. And then the same thing with the girl. The girl looks exactly like her actress. Um and obviously I'm not saying it's bad because it's absolutely gorgeous, but it just seems a little off, you know, whether it be her cheeks or just the way her eyes look, it just looks a little off because it is artificial in the sense that they created it versus, you know, the Asian guy and the, and the woman, they like straight up scan their faces. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Ashley Johnson is her name. Yeah. Um, because Ellie's older in this game, Ashley Johnson does actually look more like, um, like Ellie does actually look more like the actress that I, she did in the first game. Yes, definitely. I mean, they definitely made some changes to make her, um, like it's almost identical. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, okay, they, good. they, they, well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, they made enough changes to make her look, more like the actress but they couldn't make too many changes because then she wouldn't look like ellie so and i think that's the i know what ashley looks like and so i guess that's what's throwing me off so maybe if you don't know who ashley is and you've never seen her before in your entire life then it's probably okay and it's not going to affect you but since i know what she looks like and you know, I do see what they're, what they're going for, but because they made the character model look a different way, you know, it's just, it, I, I'm going to say the same thing about Joel, you know, if he's in the game. Oh, yeah. Bum, bum, oh, bum. yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Joel, I, I'm thinking Joel might be the same thing. He's just going to, if he's, if, if you put Joel next to a character who clearly had their face scanned into it, he is going to look just a little off. We're talking like 0.00001. You know, it's very subtle, but it's just enough where I'm like, yeah, you can tell that that's not an actual scan of a face. And, you know, that's that's just me being nitpicky, you know, so don't don't <laughs> don't get mad at me. I'm not I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just I'm just pointing it out. Um, and the gameplay. uh, Like. I loved uh, I loved a lot of the little subtle things. Like when she's under the truck and she shoots the person in the head, oh. the bullet hole on that looked amazing. Yep. Just oh my god, so freaking amazing. It looks so realistic. Um and then like her pulling an arrow out of uh, out of a body was awesome the way that first stab wound that they showed like when it like did that cool camera trick where it went behind her head and all of a sudden we're in a different scene that first stab wound that she had in the guy's neck oh my god (laughs) like it was like almost too realistic (laughs) yeah it was pretty brutal it was pretty goddamn brutal you know and i mean they've already said the theme of it is hate so there's definitely some people online. Who is she revenging? Revenging? Is that a word? Can you we, can make it a word. Can we, can oh, we have a Google? Revengeance is a we, word, so. 
Revengeance? I mean, Revengeance. Metal Is... Gear Solid Revengeance or whatever. <laughs> they had to do that. You could say reve- whatever it was. <laughs> So, revenging. Who is she revenging against? <laughs> is it is it Joel? Did Joel somebody kill Joel? Or did somebody kill her girlfriend? I think I was thinking after that trailer that was someone killed her girlfriend. Definitely, I, thought I was thinking so too. Definitely. But uh, I have to say about this trailer, I was at the PlayStation Experience in my hometown and at a theater watching the entire conference, and The Last of Us Two had everybody just going off at every little moment. Just the mm-hmm. ooing and aahing was... Yeah. It, it was something that no other game got. It was it was amazing. Like, that trailer was... As gruesome of it, as it was, was beautiful in a way. Yes. It is beautiful in its brutality. Yeah. All right, so then my number one... My number one was... Resident Evil 2, the remake. That was that was the one. Now I I love The Last of Us 2. And uh I think the reason that Resident Evil 2 rose above it is the fact that um it was just such a WTF moment. Um like if we started in the in the fps of a rat and like so like you're trying to figure out what's going on and then the moment um the zombie bit into the person's neck that's when i was like what what no oh my god oh my god i'm just like yelling at the top of my lungs i'm just like it was it was definitely my favorite moment because it was just like something I didn't expect. And I think that's another reason why Last of Us didn't necessarily make my list is because I was expecting it. It was absolutely awesome. And if I'm being honest, it's probably at least my number two. But because I was expecting it, it kind of it was kind of just like that was really nice to look at. And I, I very much enjoyed that. But Resident Evil 2 was a moment like I think we all wanted, and because we haven't heard, we hadn't heard the, the progress on the the remake for a while. We heard that it existed, but we haven't heard from it in a while. So then, having such an interesting thing, and then the way they revealed Leon was just like hell yeah, man, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it looked really cool. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with it because they did a really good job with Resident Evil, the remake, the first one. So Right. And this one looks like a straight up all remake because at least the yeah. first one, it was still the tank controls and stuff like that. But from the looks of it, this one actually looks like it's now you know, kind of like Resident Evil 4 where it's over the shoulder. Yeah, that that's kind of the vibe I got as well. Well, good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all my thoughts on it. Uh, so, what is your guys' favorite? What's your top three of E3? Tell us know in the comments below, or you can tweet at us at TX3Productions. And the last thing we're going to talk about today is our comic book club. So, Nate, how 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 far into that first volume did you get? Um, I got about I got about halfway, uh, a okay. little over halfway. Okay. Um, like I said before, I've been 
I've been busy, so uh, I haven't been able to to dig to sink into it as much as I would like to. Um, yeah. I'm hoping though that I can kind of binge through the majority of what they have on Comicsology because when I move, I'm not going to have a job, so I'll have a lot more free time. Yeah. Um. But um, for me in particular, I think. Well, what about you? Did you finish it? I. I got further than you. I I want to say I only have like one more chapter to go. I think I'm on the last chapter. So I didn't quite finish it, but I, I'm definitely digging it. Like, thank you, Pete, if you're listening. Thank you so much. Um, very good recommendation. And uh, I said this last episode. I'm basically – I was looking for an excuse to get back into comic books. Um, and so that was part of the reason I created the comic book club segment so that i could get back into it and i think this was a perfect return yeah i i my throw being thrown back into comic books happened about a little a little under a year ago with invincible i had finally picked it up so we may have to do that next if if uh if if not everybody's caught up on invincible i'm not but i started it um a while back ago and i really enjoyed what i read um as far as saga goes Right off the bat, the thing I really like about it is, and this is this is like the, the filmmaker in me. Um, first off, I love I love the way it looks. The Definitely. art, yep. it's so simple. Um, the way that the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The individual scenes on the comic. Yeah, panels. What, the 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 way each panel looks, the way it's framed, yeah. looks very cinema like. Like yes. it's, it's, it's perfectly framed to show that part of the scene. Um, and then I also love how it's a fantasy book, but yet it feels like fantasy is just like a side item to it. Like yes. it's a real story between these characters just set in a fetus, a fantasy kind of setting. Right. Which I think conceptually, that's the best thing you can do is have this really cool concept and it intrigues you but it's not the main focus like some movies make that uh mistake i think is that they make the the wondrousness of the world the focus like i think fantastic beasts and where to find them the first one was an awesome movie but i felt like maybe it indulged too much and considering that this was technically our ninth film in the harry potter franchise we didn't need it as much it was still nice because it was a return to the harry potter universe but i don't think we needed it that much whereas just like you said this is a lot more subtle it's like yeah there's a guy with horns and a girl with wings but that they're not pulling the focus to that rather than the what's going on with the characters and the struggle that they're having uh real fast fatal otako Yep. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave you out. Did you get to? Did you get to it? I know you kind of mentioned that you didn't really get that far. Yeah, into it, I didn't have a lot of time to really jump into it. Like I okay. we talked just a couple days ago, and I've just been consumed with E3. But, no problem. Uh, no problem. Hearing what you guys are talking about, it sounds like something I could really jump into and uh, like start at least start checking out because I got that unlimited uh, Comicsology. So. Yeah, first volume, first volume you get for it, and then I think after that is when you have to start paying. Um, this this might be one that I do want to 
keep reading. So I might want to go ahead and fork up a little bit extra because so far what I've read is, is really cool. And it's in a world that like I've kind of dreamt up myself, a mix between sci-fi and fantasy, you know, cause we have like, um, I think it's called like a fawn where it's a, like a goat man. And then yeah. we also have like I, I don't I don't know if she's like a succubus or something, but she like she has wings, you know. And so th- and then they have like these weird computer face people, <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. the, their face is the monitor, which is a really interesting way to have a robot because like if you think about it, that's very like that's very much like how the 1950s would have looked at a robot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like in uh, Fallout fallout is in the future quote unquote but it's in the future the way the 1950s would have looked at the future and so i'm kind of getting that same vibe when i see that guy with the tv for his face yeah Yeah. i also like um how real the book is like especially when he started out Mm -hmm. like like i well i'm not gonna spoil the very beginning of the book but it um (laughs) well this is the comic book club hopefully everybody would have read it because we asked them to all right, that's fair. Um, the fact that it basically starts out her screaming, "Oh, f-, you know, she's giving birth." Right. Like it, the the process of her giving birth and him kind of you know helping her through it and just like the like I like when a comic book isn't afraid to like take it towards that R rating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and and just having that right off of the first few pages right. was was very like okay, interesting. I like this. Right. And I mean, even though there are like nude scenes or whatever, I don't feel like they're gratuitous. Like the guy, the one guy, he ends up going to like a sex planet or whatever. And that's maybe a little gratuitous, but also like, you know, it's not too, it's like, it's not necessarily having boobies to have boobies. Like some, some comics, it's just like, look, I'm drawing boobies. And like, that's, that's why they're in the comic. Whereas this, it very well establishes and it doesn't seem too gratuitous. It doesn't seem just like, Oh, well, what the heck? You know, it's not like you're watching, uh, um, an episode of game of Thrones and you're just like, Oh, boobs. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I really do like that about it as far as like it, the matureness of it. You know, I, I do also appreciate mature. Like a good example, I think, is Invincible. Invincible will have such gratuitous violence. But when it comes to a sex scene, they'll 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 pull away and they'll use the excuse that, hey, this is a comic book for kids. It's like you'll see so much blood but then when it first comes to maybe just a little bit of skin, they're like, oh, no, let's look away, kids. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of throws me out of it. I know that's a nitpicky thing. But seriously, it's like you're going to like there, there's one time like I think Invincible went up against one of the people from his planet and he fucked up his hand and he fucked up his head because after he broke his hands, he just started headbutting the guy. And he is fucked up. But then he wants to go have sex with his girlfriend. It's like, no, let's go. What's happening over here? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I really like it. So uh, what would you say is the thing you love about it the most? Just the world it puts me in. I mean, it does Mm -hmm. a very good job of, of putting me into this. 
atmosphere that I just want to get sucked into. Like a lot of other comics mm-hmm. I've read kind of have a hard time pulling me in. And like, it's, it's like, I love the Scott Snyder, Batman new 52 run. And, and mm-hmm. for most of the books in that, um, collection, like I'm invested in that world of the comic, but depending on the issue and like the whole zero year thing that they introduce, it throws me out. Cause I'm like, wait, nothing, none of that makes sense chronologically. Like, how does that tie in? Like, did we just, we were just in one place and now we're in another. Um, but with saga, like I'm invested in this world and I'm, it's, it's kind of, I guess in a way, and I guess a good comic would have to do this, but it's giving me the same sort of, I'm giving it the same sort of attention. I would a TV show or, or a video game. Where yeah. it's like I want I want to know more I want to see where this goes like I want to give this my full attention instead of I have a few minutes let me read my book you know right yeah and I I, I have to agree with you as far as the world goes um, and I think because it's set in such a fantastical place because it's you know because we have this one girl who has like eight legs and um, she's a bounty hunter and then we have this other pl- it's a sex dungeon and like it's a giant head with no torso and it's like whoa what the heck you know this fantastical world that it puts it in and i think the most appreciative thing i could say about it is the fact that it's showing and not telling it's not going through these long monologues trying to explain what's going on there's a little bit of exposition at the very beginning saying you know my father was born here and then he went over here. They fought a war or something like that. Other than that, a lot of the exposition comes from the dialogue. And when you do that correctly, it seems natural. It doesn't seem forced. It doesn't seem like they're trying to tell you what happened 10 years ago. It just naturally comes up. And that type of dialogue is very nice. Um, Also, I do like, the subtle twist that the narrator is your daughter. I thought that was kind of cool. They're like, oh, this is your mm-hmm. daughter that's talking. And so the it's like you're getting told you're getting told the story through what her parents told her. So you're getting right. a very interesting perspective, sort of. So it's like she's gathering the information from all the other places and having that kind of narrator is a little cool. Plus the way they do it, like somebody actually hand wrote it is is also kind of cool. Um, but it, uh, honestly, I think one thing that I absolutely love is the characters. Um, Pete was absolutely right. This speaks to me. Because not only am I a dad, but I am a father of a daughter. So having these people have a daughter really spoke to me and really, like, invests me even further into these characters. And so, you know, yeah, I I really like that aspect of it. The fact that we're following parents and, you know, they, they're struggling to survive and everything. So that just adds a little bit of an emotional attachment, which makes it even more addicting. Agreed. Yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> that's That's been a theme the past two shows we've done recently is you've gone on very good, well-worded monologues, and I'm just left <laughs> going, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just got to stop being so good at what I do. Um, so <laughs> what would be like something you don't like about it, something that maybe needs improvement? 
Um, as of right now, I don't really have anything. Um, and that's primarily because this is a different comic than I've read before. Mm-hmm. I have much more complaints about that, even that Scott Snyder Batman run. Um, I have more complaints with that because they don't do a good job of explaining to you that, oh, wait, this was set in a different time period. Right. You know, and it's it, so that you know, it was a little more egregious in that sense. And I understand that, that that can be comic books, but there's a different subsect of comic books that Saga and Invincible fit in that the, there are these concise stories, whereas yep. you have the DCs and Marvels that fall into the comic tropes of. Yes. Oh, hey, story, single story, single story, single story, cataclysmic event, erase everything, new single story, new single story. Mm-hmm. And so so I'm falling into the more, I'm slowly falling into the more like concise path because those are the books that I want to read. I don't want to read something that I'm not going to be able to understand later on down the line. Yeah. Um, for me, I think the only thing I don't like, and this is, this is, uh, I had to really dig deep to even think about this. Um, but I think the only thing I don't like is maybe um, um, there it can be very talk heavy, I guess. Uh-huh. And not a lot is actually happening. Like they're, they were stuck in the forest for a really long time. But like I said, I had to really dig deep for that because even if it does start getting slightly boring, they change the scene to like the people who are hunting them. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thrust right back into something interesting. So they never dwindle on something, you know, so that even that complaint is a very, very small complaint because overall it's just really good. So we might've already, we might have already asked this question or we might have already answered this question, but how likely are you to recommend and keep reading this uh, series? I'm pretty high on both. Um, I would say I would recommend it to somebody else and, and I do plan on continuing to read. Like I said, I hopefully will be able to read a lot more um, and maybe some other volumes in this next coming week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, definitely. Definitely recommend this. Um, if you haven't already um, read it, read it. And if you are reading it, I, I, I'm I, definitely going to keep reading. Um, I mean, I don't know if we'll necessarily touch back on this other than maybe the next time we have Comic Book Club, we'll mention where we are in it or something. I, I'm not too sure uh, how, how we'll do that. But for volume one, very good very much like it so yeah i mean highly recommend and i there's a very high chance that like i said i might go ahead and pony up the i mean it's not even that expensive with comiXology that's one of the benefits to it which can we talk about comiXology i i wish they were a sponsor just so i could tell you how awesome they are i really like the guided reading is that what you use that's what i use on on when i use comiXology yeah so cool like this is definitely something i wish i would have seen before because i'm like this is so cool (laughs) yeah no i it's it's definitely a great what like sometimes for some books i won't use it um because i kind of want to know what's going on in the entirety of the scene but for saga and for invincible i've used it because i kind of want it to be cinematic the way i'm reading it oh yeah and i I they do a really good job of like sometimes they'll zoom into a certain part and they'll show the dialogue button 
And then only after you tap will it show the entire panel to reveal what's going on. And it's like, it's very smart how they do that. Because there's sometimes that they'll just show the entire panel from the very beginning. And it's just like, okay, they're talking in an area. But then it's very smart and intuitive as to sometimes it'll zoom into like just a person's face. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe this happened. And then it'll zoom out and show you what's happening. It's like the way it does that, like almost makes me discover it in a new way versus if I would be reading it like on a page, for instance, as soon as I flip a page, this is a perfect example. As soon as I flip a page and there's this big monumental thing happen, but maybe it's on the right side, but I'm supposed to be reading on the left side. It's like, I've already seen what happened on the right side, you know? So it's like, it's almost like I, it's spoiled. Like, whoa, how did it get there? Whereas here being able to have the guided reading, I really like it because like, I don't have to get something spoiled for me down the road. You know, it's like in walking dead. Like if the left panel is a bunch of talking and then the right panel, like somebody dies, like it's like, it's so weird knowing that it's coming because I accidentally shifted my eyes to the right. (laughs) Right. So I mean, usually they're pretty good about stuff like that as far as, like, they want you to be able to turn the page and then have something happen. But every once in a while, it happens where the right side shows something that it's like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have looked at that until the appropriate time. So, yeah, it's just something cool. So, all right. So, that is our impressions on the comic book saga. That is the first volume. So, if you have, if you have read it, let us know. You can go to our... Um, you can go to our Twitter at TX3 Productions. And at the top of that will be our Discord if you'd like to uh, join us there. Or in the description below will also be our Discord. Uh, we always have discussions going on there. And so if you'd like to, there is a channel just for the uh, the comic book. And so we'll also be choosing another one. Um, this will probably be like a once a month thing. So we won't choose another comic book this time but our next episode will choose the next comic book so you can go there and join in the discussion um also go to threat x3 productions on youtube and you can check out the video version of this or some gameplay we are going to be starting having some more um kind of docu-series or no well i guess it's not it's more of a um like i'm just thinking about things so um but look out for that. And obviously, if you like anything Ubisoft, like Division and Rainbow Six Siege, you can go ahead and go to UbiChat. And that is our other podcast. So you can check that out. And once again, I'll just pimp out my daily grind. Uh, Mondays, Division. Tuesdays, Elder Scrolls Online. Wednesdays, Rainbow Six Siege. And Thursdays, I'm just going to keep it open. So if you do join me on Discord, I'll always let people know when I'm going to be starting. And you can join in if you're on the PlayStation 4. Uh, Hopefully, eventually, we'll also get some Xbox... Xbox love out there for you guys because I mean I'm not against it obviously um and some PC love like maybe maybe Nate once he gets moved and gets settled we'll we'll have you do some PC stuff for them sound good yeah sure yeah that sounds good sweet all righty so thank you so much for joining us right before we leave 
Fatal Otaku. Go ahead and let people know where they can find you. If you guys want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at, at Adam Betcher. That's A-D-A-M-B-E-T-T-C-H-E-R. And uh, I mostly post when I go live on my Twitch channel, which is uh, twitch.tv slash fatalotaku, F-A-T-A-L-O-T-A-K-U, where I stream uh, JRPGs uh, for the most part and maybe a little bit of a Fortnite as well. So if you like anime and you like JRPGs, uh, feel free to follow me there. All right, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, all right, so this has been Nerd to the Third. And this is where you have heard where the word is nerd. Or the bird. Or the bird. I have a bird, bird, bird. But bird's the bird. bird. Oh, you know what? Nerd points. I think it goes to Otaku. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give it to Otaku. Yeah. Oh, well, had, thank you guys. <laughs> you, had, you, had some, you had some good you had some good insights, and you made me laugh a couple times. So You don't get for it, though. So Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. That's that. That was kind of like, that was the first inception of my of the idea. It's like, welcome to Nerd to the Third, where the points don't matter. But it's like, ah, I don't want it to be like that. All right, guys, I'm just gonna chime in here real fast. After editing, it actually looks like more me and Nate kind of tied this episode, but also it might just be a way for our audience to inter- to interact with us maybe you guys can keep track of how many times we came up with really good stuff and how many times we made each other laugh and maybe you guys can also let us know you can keep us honest and let us know who actually won. otherwise it's fatal otaku all right you guys have a good day <laughs>